Welcome to No Room for Phonies. Everyone is doing the best they can. Which is episode 63. And you have the green light moment today. Finally. <laughs> so I'm asking you for, for one. Well, I kind of thought of one this time. Okay. So every it's important not to say, it's important not to say that you are busy when people ask you how you are. I think we pretty much very quickly default to, oh, how's it going? Oh, busy. And um I think that it shuts down conversation really quickly for different reasons. It could be, um, I just don't want to talk about it, so I'm shutting you out. It could be status. Well, look how busy I am. And uh, so it, it just, it doesn't lend itself to um Well, and if that's all you together. ever say when someone says, how are you, is, oh, I'm so busy. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, well, thanks. That's what you said the last so time. So a I green had. light moment for me is I am going to commit uh, personally to uh, when somebody asks me how I am to not answer with busy, um, but to be vulnerable and say something else that... Um, is going on and mm. uh, trying to be positive because I tend to slide to the negative. So I'll try to. And be... everybody is busy doing exactly We're what always they busy. choose to do for the most part. Yes. And I mean, everybody has something going on behind the scenes that yeah. causes them to have mm -hmm. stress or whatever. And if you're not in their circle and they're not. Right. Like in the same thing for you, if you say, well, I'm just busy or I'm stressed or I'm whatever, like unless you're actually prepared to say why. Yeah. So it's, it's kind not. of useless. Yeah. And it just be does just become a so. thing. So um, the book recommendation is Life and Death in Shanghai by Nian Cheng. And it just talks about the culture of um, she was actually imprisoned in the 70s. Uh, in the, yes, well, the late 60s, late 60s she was 70s. let out. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's a remarkable story about communism and what actually happened to some people in China. And so if you don't know much about that history, I would say it's a really good book uh, to read. And then the podcast recommendation, uh, sorry, I'm flipping out of the screen here. Um, is uh, Kate Bowler and Rick Mercer. And I would suggest you listen to it kind of just for fun. It's yeah. really a so good So Kate one. Bowler's podcast is Everything Happens. Yeah. Uh, and you can find this episode, I think it was recent. It was on Spotify and uh, you can just do a search for it. And I did a little um, thing about Kate Bowler on social media and uh, or actually on the blog, on blog not yeah. too long ago because mm -hmm. I do listen to a lot of her um, everything Podcast, yeah. happens. Um, it's the one where for a reason is crossed out because yeah. I'm kind of done with that philosophy of life that all things work together for good. I, I, I think life just happens at times and I don't think there's necessarily very random. It's and not, it's not always really an explanation great. for it. And I'm not a big, um, prosperity gospel no. person. And the other aspect of it of everything happening or all things work out for good is that while well, our human brain always tries to find patterns and answers hence scientific method and etc but um at, when we try to hypothesize about why things are happening particularly bad things um it's not productive it does no, there's no proof. there's no po point and, and you can't just say well up either guilt or blame uh, or remorse and and maybe sometimes you can go useful. backwards and say oh now i can see why that happened and i can see the reason for that but what if you can't 
Yeah. What if you actually, like I think of. Yeah, there's sometimes you can say, okay, this decision unfolded this way. But at the time, it was the best decision I could make. But a lot of things just happen and it has nothing to do with us. Well, and I think of some of the real tragedy that I've witnessed with some of my friends over the last year or so. Mm -hmm. And there's no way I would sit down with that person and say, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. I mean, that would just be devastating to them. So anyway, um, everyone, everybody is doing the best they can. And then there's the little caveat with the resources they have have. (laughs) and i mean that sounds like a bit of a cop-out at the end of the last oh now it's a cop-out at the end of the last episode i was judgy now i'm copping out well um (laughs) like i don't mean it's a cop i think that I'm starting to feel like the everything ha- everybody is doing the best they can with the resources they have is more for me than them yeah like they're just being who they are right and whether I um you know actually feel like they could do better they could do better it's more for how I look at the situation than how they are. Right. Is what I'm saying because people are doing the best they can from their own level of consciousness. Right. Some of us have just see things. We all just see things from our own perspective. So, Mm -hmm. and I mean, I also grew up in a, uh, family where you never, like said, oh, I'm sick or I'm this or I'm that. You just bucked up and you did what you needed to do. So yeah. when I look at some people who say, oh, I'm just too sick today to do this or this or this, mm-hmm. then I, I see it from my perspective. And so believing that, yeah, they are sick and they need to do what they need to do, mm-hmm. then takes it like yeah. well, from a different... And just along that line, like giving permission for self-care... Yeah, uh, you never had that permission. No, so you have a hard never. time. I never that. grew up. You, have yeah. a, you don't do it for yourself. And I'm I'm and learning you, that 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 it's yeah. better. But negative self talk is actually an exercise in futility. We have to accept where we are and where everybody else around us is. So just to be negative and say, "Oh, do you believe that person and how they're dealing with life? Like, can't they just be this this or, way or well, that no, way?" Because really. we when we're when we are on the receiving end we don't want people to feel that way no and i mean and a lot of the way we react to things come stems from anxiety and fear right yeah. so you can't really like until you come to terms with that it within yourself yeah. then well, and speaking of family it's really hard to apply this to parents and other family members sometimes mm-hmm. to think of that right yeah and when you look at someone struggling, you have to accept that they are doing the best they can in that moment because their current need um, for security and um, familiarity outweighs their desire to explore things and change. Mm-hmm. Like I think of that in terms of grief and loss, right? You mm-hmm. look at somebody and say, oh, it's been, you know, three years or four years or this year or whatever, and they're not ready. So you yeah. kind of have to accept. Well, I don't know who the person was, but Kate Buller was interviewing that other gentleman that lost so many family members. Yeah, in a car accident. And, yeah. and he was like, well, it never, it never, it's the first time I've heard it explained so well, where it doesn't go away, but you, um, what were, his, I can't remember his words. 
you 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 experience it differently or you yeah you, yeah yeah you you're not as close to it you know as yeah. and you know i think that that principle of really just accepting you know that they're that people are doing the best they can is it's pretty can be very challenging for those of us who push ourselves all the time yeah particularly i think but it's really healing when you apply it to your parents and other family members like even looking back in history mm -hmm. and thinking oh like when i sometimes think about my father and you know all of his uh, he was doing the best he can from a place of bitterness and yeah you know, he wasn't very conscious of his feelings or, you know, so was it the best that could be done as a father? No. Mm -hmm. But was it the best he could do from mm -hmm. where he was at and from some of his life experience? I guess. And then and you stuff. can extend grace to that person. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you um, accept them, then they give themselves self-acceptance and self-love. Mm -hmm. So, like, it kind of works. Um, and then, you know, then you can get into positive, sustainable changes to our actions and behavior. But it, unless you're doing, unless you accept yourself where you are right now and love yourself for who you are at that moment, you know, it's like that whole, that saying that I said many, many times for a while, I'm doing, you know, I'll be better tomorrow than I was today. Mm -hmm. But today I just have to be who I am. Right. Like whoever that is, because everyone is struggling and life is hard. And that's why your statement at the beginning is significant. Because if you just say, oh, I'm so busy or I'm so stressed or mm -hmm. I'm so this. Well, you're kind of inviting someone in, but not. But not. But also sometimes... When, I mean, I know it's just a formality. Hi, how are you? But sometimes, you know, a non-acquaint, like somebody who's an acquaintance or friend, you know, in that closer realm of, in that closer circle, might not be the intimate trust circle, but a close, maybe they are reaching out because they want to open up and right, share something. Right. They want, they're, they're willing or trying to be vulnerable. You shut it down. And I think that life is just hard for everyone. And our self-awareness does come at a cost right because you have to delve into yourself and you know you're you have to you know, see the ugly side you know then you have to accept and accepting who you are mm -hmm. right comes at a cost you know you may have lost something you can't get back you're diagnosed with some kind of chronic pain or mm -hmm. disease and your family falls apart and things have never been the same like accepting that it, there, well, there's a cost. Yeah, there's yeah. a cost to that. Mm -hmm. And I think we, you know, I've given up long ago that the myth that a good life is a life of happiness, right? That you walk among, because we walk among, we are in fellowship with those, everyone is afflicted with something. Yeah. So it's... So the Facebook, Instagram lies are really just a myth yeah and i think we have to have these ever widening circles of empathy and existential courage mm -hmm. and you know that you get that get you back up after you fall otherwise but, yeah and i would say sometimes we also naturally just kind of take a holiday from some of this self-introspection and the like yes sometimes you need to coast just a little bit to rest because it it's a hard work <laughs> 
Right. But then I think when you, you know, sort of rise above things courageously, you find that there is joy in that rubble of life. Yes. But it's it's sustained joy. It's not that, oh, I love this bottle of wine. Happy. I can't believe I have this great bottle of wine. No. It's that peace, joy mm-hmm. kind of a thing that comes from like flowers that grow in cracks of sidewalks mm-hmm. where you kind of go, wow, how did that happen? Right. And so then you start developing these virtues of joy and mm-hmm. whatever by being gracious with yourself and others mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And when we struggle, we're always in good company because everyone struggles. And I don't mean to say that you should. But people do feel lonely because because of how we, how friendship society, the internet, everything is kind of. Yeah. And I think the uncomfortable, I, I love Kate Buller's one book where at the end she goes, you know, what not to say to somebody who's struggling with Something, something really terrible really terrible like yeah, what she... have you heard oh this the offering here, advice. or yeah. have you heard of this or have you tried this or mm-hmm. you know i think we just forget that we're not you know like she has very um a, a very serious serious story sto- form of cancer and someone saying to her oh have you tried oil of oregano like you think if oil of oregano was the magic cure that everybody'd be having it, yeah, right? Well, I'm I'm guilty every once in a while. Not of for serious things, but for other slighter affliction afflictions. Yeah, and I I hey, can... have you gone off gluten? Yeah, no. I know. Well, that's because gluten. Have you got yourself checked out though? Isn't a bad thing to say to somebody who's struggling with pain or yeah, that would right. Be, yeah. So all I'm saying is that my life. Not necessarily theirs, but my life is better when I assume that people are doing the best because it keeps me out of judgment and it lets me focus on what is and not what should or could be. Right. It just is. It is. Mm-hmm. And oh, that person is doing the best that they can. How can I support them? How can I listen to them? And my best was less than what I know I'm capable of. But sometimes it's the best that you're capable of doing in that moment. You're tired, you're, you know, and and the whole idea of feeling self-compassion and assessing your own toolkit that you're working with and saying, wow, I don't think I, I did the best I could in that moment, but if I worked on this and this and this, I could have handled that that, better, right? Because we we have that toolkit. We know about some of those things. And then that's where you write what needs to be righted Mm -hmm. and you grow from there and then, um, and then you take that same approach with others. Mm-hmm. And I think what is frustrating for us is lack of self-awareness in others. And I think that's where judgment comes in a lot, right? Because well, you look at somebody mean, and yeah. say, how can they not be aware of how they came across? Mm-hmm. So. Because yeah, so, we have worked on our, oh, wow, I really came across that way. Yeah. <laughs> So, but, um, yeah, not that we do it perfectly or every time. So, yeah, so I, I, um, have the asking the question today, sometimes just showing up is the best you can do. And is that okay? I think it's okay to just show up. Like sometimes you just, just, you're just there and you listen. Do you have to explain that to people all the time? No. Yeah. 
I think it depends what your role is, right? Like what do you if mean? You're that you're leader, explaining that you're just showing if up If you're the day? leader of something and you're having a bad day, it's okay to say, today I'm here. That's all I am. That's what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that that vulnerability is important. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I think it helps people to understand. And some people will react whatever but some people might actually say so what can i do yeah. to ease your or load? just oh she's human too and you know yeah and i mean that's the that's exactly leads into the next question are you doing the best you can if you're not living up to everyone's expectations for you oh it's hard you know and i think that that's where we have to have our own kind of well just have know, that thermostat Thinking through, am I just, is, am I doing what I'm doing because I'm trying to live up to somebody's expectations? Right. Or... And I mean, just being able to say to somebody, I I understand that's what you expect of me, but this is where I am. Yeah. Like, I think um, that that could really help people in marriages where there's, or, or partnerships where, you know, someone isn't living up to whatever that expectation mm -hmm. was for you mm -hmm. where you say i actually am doing the best i can yeah. i hope to get better but maybe you need to just kind of lower your make expectations. your expectations a bit more reasonable wait, wait right? a little bit yeah if you take risks and fail, you are still doing the best you can. Perfect is not doing the best you can. Striving for excellence and seeking out new experiences and growing is doing the best you can. So if you're, and if you're not doing that, then maybe you're just not able to at that moment. No. And I mean, I think I'm going to be honest, the place where I found that the most frustrating was when I was a supervisor of people teaching mm -hmm. and they and kids were suffering because someone was not able to to do the best those kids needed. Yeah. yeah. And so therefore, that was when I, I would say things like, like, do you need some time off? Mm -hmm. What can I do? I can see you're struggling. Mm hmm. Like there are certain reasonable expectations that you have yeah, to meet. Yeah, sometimes there just are. Right. Well, I mean, as a as a teacher, not thinking of my students, but thinking of other areas in the college. Uh, for example, paramedics. They have. There are a set of expectations they have to be able to do right. to to pass a course or an assignment, and if not, they're not safe to be paramedics. Well, and the thing is. Because teaching, and this is why I found the profession a bit frustrating, I find teaching life or death. Yes, because children's lives are And, and people's lives, like yeah, under, well. their understanding and their growth and yeah. everything. Mm -hmm. and, and education and is what drives change in the world and compassion and thinking mm -hmm. and critical thinking and all that stuff. So I really felt strongly about that, but not everyone saw that. Some people, it was just know, the job. And I mean, accepting help from others and admitting you are struggling. Is that all part of doing the best you can? And how do you admit that? And, you know. Yeah, well, I guess that's what part of what Brene Brown would call the the rumble or coming out of the arena or whatever. Yeah, and Seth Godin says it too, go make a ruckus, yes. right? Mm -hmm. But there's a struggle to things changing and, you know, you can't always have people feeling comfortable, right? Yeah, it's not neat and tidy. No, no. So that's where I think the, everyone's doing the best they can. So we have to accept that. But then 
in the circumstances of, well, I'm your boss mm -hmm. and I need this done. Yeah. Then these are my expectations, which are, have to be. And I'm saying to you, how can I help you? Then mm -hmm. you better as a person be able to say, hey, I'm really struggling. I need help with this. I don't or I really need to bow out. Right, right, yeah. right. So, and I think sometimes we forget, I always tried as a principal to celebrate small wins and never pretend to know something that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and just because you're self-righteous and superior doesn't mean you're doing the best you can. <laughs> just throwing that one out there. Because just because you're the loudest voice in the room or you're the voice in the room that always reminds people of this, that, or the other thing mm -hmm. doesn't mean, oh, and by the way, remember, da, mm -hmm. da, 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 doesn't mean that you're doing, doing the, the best, best you can. can. It means that you maybe have lost sight of everybody else is doing the best they can and everybody else has choices that they can make. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you don't, you don't have permission to speak into somebody's best they can. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I think another thing is uh, working on health and fitness and staying connected to people and, and f having that group of people that can give you honest um, feedback and feeling the best you can mentally and physically helps you. Yeah. Do the, best you can. do the best you can and to say you know what i'm just at not at my best physically today mm -hmm. and maybe i just need a couple of days of rest like just all those pieces right and i think sometimes or if it's uh, if it's time sensitive you know what i think we could talk about this on a walking meeting outside let's go for a walk yeah together. yeah no i agree i, I think that... i mean i know in the west wing they just kind of went around the hallways <laughs> i know <laughs> but going outside would be good well and i think also um knowing what you want and setting priorities and engaging with purpose and intention helps you do the best you can mm-hmm because if you're kind of, okay, this is my clear path and you keep coming in with all these little, and I can finally say to you, no, you know what? I'm on this path and I'm happy with this path and I don't quite understand or get, like I had that happen to me about the podcast one time. I had this person kind of parachute in and say, mm -hmm. oh, I've got some things I want to talk to you about with your podcast. And it wasn't a person that I really oh, trusted yeah. <laughs> I or that, that yeah. like, was not in my, no. you know, trust it's very, circle. very parachuting in. Yeah. Like, and I was yeah. like, I just want to clear a few things up with you. And I was like, mm, no, I think I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. I think to say that, mm -hmm. right? Because you've got to get gather positive people around you and get rid of some of the things that just aren't necessary in your life. Like even physically decluttering your environment and let going of friendship situations and all those kinds of things. I mean, the physical decluttering for me is easy. Mm -hmm. I could physically declutter, declutter this office right now and it would make me very happy it's all off camera i just stay away from it because but look at that beautiful everyone's in a while behind us i did that i know <laughs> if you turned a little to the left you would understand why i would want to declutter but anyway not going down that road but it's much harder for I'm me i'm not doing my best to let <laughs> well you're doing the best you can no not really it just i could do better and i have learned over the years that 
I just let certain things I let go and then it gets crazy and then you get frustrated with it and then we go through it, but that's fine, whatever. But I have a lot harder time letting go of friendships and not feeling responsible for what's happened in the friendship. Because and then I start, I start saying, okay, it's time to let go and it's okay. And right. Because then I blame myself for it. And I think, well, I haven't done the best I can, you know, and I always, and well, I always and it's tricky feel because we all, we are both of the, you know, if there's a problem between two people, both parties have a, have something to play with it. It might not be 50, 50, it might be five ninety five. But that's where we blame ourselves for being. Well, and I also believe that every problem can be solved because everybody can reasonably sit at a table well, and take like responsibility for like their think, piece that, of it. And we can. True. And I've learned that everybody is doing the best they can. And sometimes it they just doesn't do that. include that. Yeah. And I think for me, giving back and making a contribution and continuing to learn about what compassion and empathy really are mm -hmm. have helped me to accept that everybody is doing the best they can. And I sometimes think that you as a person think that people are out to get you more than they ever are. Right. Right. Particularly if you have that rejection bias that I have. Yeah. And then the imaginary conversations about those type of scenarios. Right. Yeah. Which you have to know yourself intimately and understand and manage your own feelings, which is where we, you know, have really like I Atlas of the Heart is the one that I highly recommend. But you're reading one about feelings, too. Yeah permission to feel yeah that's very very good so i think we have to really come to terms with understanding and managing that our feelings are way more than mad sad glad <laughs> yeah that's right? definitely atlas of the heart mm -hmm. like Gold. there's what three or four feelings that we all say oh i'm mad oh i'm sad oh i'm glad or i'm happy what, but when, if we had the nuances of all the different yes angles it, of it, it does really help you to understand yourself better yeah because sometimes your sadness is just fear or anxiety. Or sometimes it's just being alone. Uh, like, And the lonely. difference between disheartened, being disheartened and disillusioned and dis, yeah. you know, like it, there's Dishonest a whole scale. bunch of things that, you know, devastated uh, as compared to disappointed. It's interesting because when I was a kid growing up, like... I was never allowed to say I'm bored. I would get in trouble for that, but I, I would, I'd get grounded for saying like, Oh, I'm so depressed. My father would just yeah. lay into us if we talked like that. And I know the younger generation still kind of text talks like that very quickly drops those labels. And I think it's just another, well, and too much of an umbrella for what's actually going on. Well, and her thing about boredom, uh, Brene oh. Brown, is that boredom is your is your mind pushing out creativity, right? Like, it, yeah, it's actually a, a good thing to be bored because then you push out. Yeah. Well, you know. if we if we ever said that, we usually were saying that because we wanted to turn on the TV, but we were it was very yeah. limited amounts of TV we had. So it's like, no, you can't be bored if you you don't if you can't find something fun or interesting to do i'll find something for you so yeah. we, we would go find something yeah. to do well your creativity then would come out i guess I right think so yes so i guess finally you have to give yourself the benefit of the doubt and then you have to give everyone else the benefit of the doubt and not to take things personally because usually it's not about even about you. you it's about 
the, what the, what where the person is at yeah. and look for the good in every human being. There is both garbage and gold and it's up to us to choose what we want to pay attention to. And I think that's hard. It's hard. It's very Particularly hard. Particularly in online discussion groups. Yes. Yeah. Looking for the good in others as well as in life and in ourselves is one of the best ways to find things to appreciate and be grateful for. And we know that gratitude by research helps us. Yeah. Like focusing changes, on gratitude, it, it does change the synapses in our brain. It changes our overall health. And I, this idea of seeking first to understand and this idea of being curious has come up so much time so I know, much in also, the research also, now. But also we've been like listening to a podcast or uh, seeing even a TV show or a news report and, and then the word curious is there. Yeah, it's very that idea that we need to be curious about each other so that we can try to understand each other. I mean, when we think of all the bad things that are happening in the world, if people had stepped back and just been curious about yeah. each other and tried to work things out, mm -hmm. how differently and seek sought to understand. Mm -hmm. And I guess the fine little thing is to be gentle and kind with others and especially with yourself. If you're kind, kindness could achieve a whole lot of things. Yes. If you're kind to yourself first, then you have grace, you have enough room to have grace for other people. Mm -hmm. So yeah, everybody is doing the best they can. That's all for episode 63. Thank you for joining us. Wait, May 15th. Oh, sorry. To list or not to list? That is the question. <laughs> he doesn't, I do. So we're going to have a little so, did you debate. Hear that? Did you hear that? So <laughs> we're going to have a debate. We are. Hmm. And why to, don't you why do and you're I? going to be very curious as to why I, yes i am <laughs> going to be very curious about it and kind. So, curious and kind and gentle and i'll give you the benefit of the doubt but anyway or we'll save something else we'll too. save all that for next time so thank you for joining us and remember be gentle and kind with others and especially with yourself and everybody is doing the best they can in the moment that they're doing it absolutely see you in the next episode may 15th <laughs>